On today's Destiny of the Show, there's a lot of new information coming out about the House of Wolves content, a potential release date, a lot of new gear, maps, strike, and more. You're listening to Destiny the Show. Welcome, Guardians. What's good, Diddy? How are you doing today? Pretty good. I started school this week, so uh, homework and projects haven't started yet, so I got to play a lot of Iron Banner, and I am currently, as we record this on Saturday, uh, rank four, and I'm pretty close. I think I'm about halfway to rank five, and I am decked out in Iron Banner gear. Ooh, you got the sniper rifle. I did. They're not actually selling Ephrodite's spear from uh, Lord Saladin, the vendor, um, but I, I did get it in a drop, and I was able to re-roll it, um, where my two perks are uh, Rodeo, which uh, reduces the recoil, and Final Round, which is um, the last round in the magazine deals bonus damage. And since Ephrodite's spear only has three rounds in the magazine, I'm going to get that Final Round proc a lot. And... Uh, it's actually considered one of the best PvP snipers in the game because it has the highest impact. And um, from what Sassy has told me, uh, a fully maxed out Ephrodite Spear with the final round proc can one-shot anybody in Iron Banner, whether you hit them in the toe or body anywhere. So Ooh, that's really nasty. exciting. Yeah, and the rocket launcher, they're actually selling that from... Uh, they're actually selling that, and I was able to re-roll that to have tracking and clown cartridge, which is uh, every time I reload, has a chance to spawn a larger-than-normal magazine. And since it only has one rocket in the magazine, I'm going to get that clown cartridge proc every single time I fire a rocket. So I'm really excited about that. Dude, that is sweet. So Iron Banner was a success. I didn't participate in, in this one. The last Iron Banner I went pretty hard in, but uh, this one I kind of skipped out in. Was it similar levels of fun? Yeah, one thing I found interesting was um, it said it needed Dark Below DLC content, but I never played any Dark Below maps. Oh, I just kept playing Rusted Land, Shores of Time, um, all those normal maps, the the vanilla Destiny maps. I didn't play any DLC, which I thought was kind of interesting because it did have the Dark Below um, banner Department. over the Iron Banner, so... Huh. Yeah, it didn't actually, Maybe. like, I was playing with somebody who doesn't have the DLC, and he was able to play Iron Banner without any issues, and I, I just thought, you know, maybe it's just not recognizing everybody in the lobby has the DLC or not, so. Yeah, maybe it's bugged, or something. Maybe if you had a full group who did, like, had the DLC, and you got into yeah. a lobby of all DLC owners, then it's like, okay, you know, kind of Halo would sometimes do that, where mm -hmm. it's like, if you got that magical lobby two months after everybody <laughs> uh, had purchased DLC and moved on, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm playing like Halo 4, the Crimson maps. I only played those that first week with you guys. After that, never again, like never again. <laughs> yeah, and I was well, actually kind of happy that I didn't play those new maps and kind of sad, actually. I actually do like, I think, one of the three maps I actually kind of like, so, oh well. Yeah, 
I like um, all three, to be honest with you. Uh, what's funny is the really large map. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it that much, but I think it's really fun. You know, you can play an assault rifle style if you stick to the cliffs, but if you go out towards the ocean, you can play that more sniper style. Now, you were talking to me about your new, like, character roster. It's not new, but you've been spending a lot more time with the Titan. Is that right? Yeah, I actually, I have all three classes. If uh, the listeners don't know, I have one hunter, which I main. I have a warlock and a titan, and I'm uh, maxing out every subclass, so I'm not specific to um, one, but uh, I'm loving the titan. I'm falling in love Mm. with the titan, and I had striker maxed out, and right now I'm going through the defender tree, and oh my god, it is so fun to just punch things. Oh yeah. man. So if you don't know, the Titan melee for Defender is Force Barrier. That's the melee ability. Whenever I kill an enemy, I get an overshield. And depending on which um, ability in my skill tree I have, that'll give me um, different stats. So the one that I love is the uh, the one where I, every melee kill, when Force Barrier is active, I get Orbs of Light. So any like low-level mobs, like a bunch of thralls coming at me, I'll punch the first one to get the overshield, and then I'll just punch every single one after that and spawn like 10 orbs of light. And (laughs) it's so much fun. Another thing is I have helmets that increase my melee attack speed, so obviously I'm going to punch a lot of things. So if I have armor of light with my ward of dawn, I just drop my bubble on like Axor, the Archon Priest. He has that little X that marks the spot. I just drop my bubble as soon as he spawns, and I just punch him until... uh, the bubble wears off so that's super fun so i love playing a titan now now is this going to get in the way of your hunter relationship well my hunter is at the point where i really don't need any more gear for it um, Mm -hmm. because like i bought all the iron banner gear that they were selling just because you know i want a full set of iron banner gear just to flaunt around you know and uh, but I have my own setup with my hunter. I have the you know Acleophage symbiotes. I have the last word. If I want to play PvP, I'm good. If I have Fatebringer, if I want to play PVE, I'm good. So in my mind, my hunter is maxed out at this point. Yeah, and I'm just trying to yep. spend more time with the other subclasses. Now I haven't really fallen in love with playing the warlock just yet. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just just because I haven't spent spent so much uh, time with it yet as I have with my Titan, and it's just fun to, like, shoulder charge and punch things, you know? Yeah, that's what I played in the beta was Titan. I love Titan. The only reason, this is going to sound shallow, but the only reason I started a Warlock was because back during the beta, there was a poll uh, asking what class people were going to play when Destiny first came out. The majority (laughs) were playing Warlock. So I picked Warlock because I'm shallow like that, and I didn't want to be all indie. So I've got a level 20 Titan that I guess... Could probably use a little bit of work. This week, I didn't play a whole lot of Destiny. Our internet was out here in Colorado. Uh, snowy, snowy times, and uh, when it gets really snowy, the way that I connect to the web doesn't really work. So I ended up getting really close to beating Dark Souls 2, and it's really awesome, and you should go play it if you have any interest. Other than that, though, we've got some great news, and let's get into it. So first up, I want to shout out DestinyFCR.com. That is the filthy casual report brought to you by R.B. Evans. This is a basically all the links that mattered this week piled into one convenient place for you to check it out. It's a worthwhile site, and we get a lot of the information that we talk about here on DTS from there. 
But the first story actually comes from Planet Destiny, and they've been doing a lot of data mining regarding House of Wolves, which is rumored to be coming out on March 10th. Now, I don't really know the exact um, method that they use for data farming or data mining, but it's been pretty consistent, especially with Dark Below. A lot of the pre-Dark Below information that we talked about here on the show turned out to be true, wouldn't you say, Diddy? Yeah, it's probably, I would say, 80% accurate. Yeah, with, you know, little bits of variance here. You know, they can't actually get the weapon stats of everything prior to when it comes out. Right. But uh, here is what they are showing as their findings. House of Wolves supposedly will come out on March 10th, not confirmed, and it will bring with it three new exotic armor pieces for each class. So if you're a hunter, there's three new exotic armor pieces that will be coming. Same thing for Titan Warlock, which makes nine new exotic armor pieces in total. You can go ahead and look at the link down in the description below if you're on YouTube or check out our website for this because you'll definitely want to take a look at some of the names and some of the perks that I'm not going to cover here. There are going to be two new exotic weapons, a shotgun named Lord of Wolves, and a new scout rifle that is named 347 Vesta Dynasty. Beyond that, there are 20 new legendary vanguard and crucible armor pieces for each class. So if you do the math, that is 60 new legendary armor pieces in total. These are purchased from your vanguard quartermaster or from the crucible quartermaster. There will be 23 new legendary weapons. Again, you can check out the list for all the names and the different descriptions. Um, These are where I wouldn't really... Uh, look for it to be 100% accurate. We don't know the stats yet of these weapons, and we don't fully know some of the perks. So don't, you know, come yelling at DTS door if we get it messed up. (laughs) The current name of the House of Wolves raid is called The Arena, and that's about all we know from it. There was a short 10-second video that I don't know if it was from some promotional material promotional material released earlier uh, in 2014 regarding House of Wolves, uh, but I put a few of the screenshots on the website, one of which is the potential of Windows Court, one of the new Crucible maps, and it is uh, basically touted as the European Dead Zone on Earth, which is interesting because this is a new area of Earth that doesn't sound like Russia. The European Dead Zone sounds maybe closer to Western Europe rather than Russia, wouldn't you say, Diddy? Absolutely. And you can tell by the architecture in the picture, it looks much more uh, Western. These sort of like a big church tower, uh, a very different looking building and different architecture than what we've seen prior to this. It almost looks kind of Gears of War-esque, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'm kind of getting that vibe as well. Gears of War, at least. Um, it the cher- The chapel that we see in that picture, to me, does not look Russian or anything like that it definitely does look western you're right it's a different art style i don't want to like put my foot in my mouth because i'm sure there's a few architects who are listening who are like that is an old victorian era (laughs) (laughs) how dare you call it that uh there are four new crucible maps that are coming in house of wolves first one being the black shield and this is on Firebase Terea on phobos no clue what that is do you have any any idea diddy it sounds like a moon doesn't it it's Mars. Um, Phobos, Firebase Delphi is on Phobos. So um, oh, Firebase Thuria is going to be, I think it's on Phobos, but it sounds to me like it's going to be a Mars map. Nice. 
Thieves' Den is the next one, and that is in the Ishtar Sink portion of Venus. The Timekeeper is the third map, and that is from the Meridian Bay on Mars. And then Widow's Court is the name of the map, potentially the one that we're talking about in the screenshot here, and that is the European Dead Zone on Earth. There are three new Crucible modes that are on its way in House of Wolves, and I'm actually really excited about this. Doubles, small team tactics, 2v2, kill the enemy, and revive teammates. So it's basically skirmish, but it's just 2v2. I'm thrilled to have some doubles, man. I love doubles. That was my game type in Halo. And, oh, doubles sounds like so much fun right now. Yes. I think skirmish is a great, like, balance. But if we could have even smaller map variants, you know, I'm talking, like, (laughs) itty-bitty, itty-bitty maps, 2v2, I'm looking forward to that. We might have to do some special, like, DTS doubles for the show, like the video in the background. Absolutely. We're going to have to have a lot of games because we're going to be stomping some noobs pretty quick. Some noobish, some noobish, noobish. (laughs) Um, The second Crucible mode is Inferno. No trackers, no supers, no bonuses, only kills earn points. This is great, right? Everybody who complains about supers... And everybody who complains about the motion detector are getting a playlist that is just pure gun-on-gun combat. It's not affected by bonuses of control points. It's pure Slayer, basically. Pro Slayer. Yeah, it, it, I was about to say, it is Slayer Pro, Team Hardcore. And it's I'm really excited because a lot of people are like, there's so many things that are unbalanced about Destiny PvP. The supers, you can't control, you can't not die from a Titan Smash. And it's just like play inferno then and i'm really excited to see how this plays out because no supers i cannot tell you how many times in the iron banner this week i have been so frustrated at being titan smashed or like uh, defender titans with their stupid bubbles on capture points you can't even stop them yeah i don't have my super you know yeah it's like if you're in a good mood i can tell people because part of me is like (laughs) i love supers that's like i enjoy the fun so much of just pressing a to insta kill three people like as a warlock nova bombing does feel cheap it's like this is unpunishable i'm a mile away i throw my ball you all die and i just feel great (laughs) inside but when it happens to me or when a striker comes in and just does ground pound i'm like well that's dumb i don't like that (laughs) So I I see both sides of the coin there. The third mode that's coming into play is called Hardcore. So Inferno, there's no trackers, no supers, no bonuses, only kills earn points. But Hardcore, there's no trackers, only kills earn points. So Hardcore basically is um, the exact same Crucible experience without the motion tracker which I'm very much looking forward to. The radar uh, in Destiny is very interesting because if you see an opponent on your radar, they can see you. When you crouch, it only takes you off of the radar in periods of like three to five seconds. I think it's five seconds, but I can't remember. You show up as a blip that basically pings. So it doesn't have that um, kind of hidden power that Halo does. In Halo, if you crouch and move at the same time, you won't show up on the radar. And that led to a lot of, like, behind-the-corner smack-smacks that you can't really do in Destiny. To see how the game will play out without any motion detector, very interesting, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it took a while to get used to the motion tracker in Destiny, you know, after playing Halo and Call of Duty and all those other Mm -hmm. shooters for all these years. Yeah. And uh, now that I'm used to it, it's going to be interesting to see uh, where it goes. So three new story missions that we know about so far. First one is Gone to Ground, Search the Cosmodrome for the Wolf Kel who led the revolt against the Awoken. 
The second mission is Wolf Harvest. Track down the queen's traitorous wolves hiding among the House of Winter. And mission three, the Terminus. Hunt the wolves of Kel, who are hump. Yeah, that, that's right. Who has seized control of the Vex Citadel. Interesting. So those are the three missions that we know about. I don't care to actually stab a guess at what these will be. I imagine this is going to be pretty similar to Dark Below missions. I don't think we're going to see anything revolutionary happening with storytelling, do you? No, I do want to point out that uh, every mention of Wolf, this is the House of Wolves, so it's like a different sect of the Fallen. And the Kel are like... um, the kind of bosses that you see, like Axor, the Archon Priest. Obviously, he's an Archon Priest, not a Kel. Um, but uh, Draxus in in the story, yes. in one of the story missions in Vanilla Destiny, yes, yeah. he's a Kel. So it's going to be mm. similar to that kind of boss. And like the first boss, you um, no, the first boss you kill in Destiny is an Archon, not a Kel. So oh well, it's going to be that kind of boss. Cool. Um, there are notes to the Queen's Wrath bounties. So it looks like we are correct. Queen's Wrath is probably going to be coming back in House of Wolves. First one is called Paskin, King Baron. Defeat Paskin, King Baron in the Gone to Ground mission in the Cosmodrome. Second bounty is Lixor, Wolf Blade. Defeat Lixor, Wolf Blade in the Wolf Harvest mission on Venus. And then finally, Skolas, Wolf Kel. Defeat Skolas, Wolf Kel in the Terminus mission on Venus. So it looks like there are bounties associated with these missions, and you're going to be able to probably go through them at higher difficulties. If anybody missed out on Queen's Wrath, we make fun of it a lot here on the show because it was sort of a um, a really wacky event. Uh, It didn't have much staying power, and basically it just made missions really hard, like harder than Nightfall level difficulty, wouldn't you say? (laughs) In terms of soloing, yes. Yes. Not if you have a squad, but that sort of changes everything. The Traitor's Catch Strike is coming in the House of Wolves, and the description that we have here says, a fallen wolf ship holding an infamous walker has touched down in the Ocean of Storms. Breach the catch and see to this walker's end. If you guys want to go to Traitor's Catch right now, or at least a portion of the area, there's a video uh, that's linked along with this post that shows you how to get to the area earlier, early, just like with um, the Dark Below. Some of these areas you can access a little bit early. Oh, I'm stumbling over my words today, Diddy. <laughs> Amateur hour. We're recording this on Saturday. So, uh, by the way, I'm getting my Obsidian Mind, man, before I'm not forgetting. I'm picking that helmet up. Zer's selling that. I'm not missing it. Our weekly update came in from Bungie, and Crota's End Hard Mode is coming on January 21st at 10 a.m. Pacific time. I know you're excited about this, Diddy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, oof. I mean, I probably won't be there on launch day because I don't have a, a crew to do it regularly with, but um, I am friends with Sassy and his crew, so if I ask, they'll most likely do it with me. So I'm really excited to see what kind of... Uh, new mechanics that they add to hard mode raid yes have you played through it post cheese nerf did you play through crota zen this week yes i did i played it through twice legitimately and it's actually pretty dang fun did you like it yes i mean yeah it's fun but overall good stuff overall definitely um there are uh, it's really cool the bridge sequence if you do it legitimately (laughs) it's actually pretty uh pretty cool you know you have to uh defend your little platforms and then three people have to go across they changed it so where um you have to cross the bridge with the sword and if you don't have the sword you immediately die on the bridge um Mm -hmm. so that i thought that was pretty cool and it's three people 
have to cross, and then once the three people are over there, it's an identical setup. They have to control three points, and then the next three people have to cross, and it's actually pretty cool. Instead of just climbing out of the map like we used to do in, <laughs> in sniping. <laughs> yeah, basically. It was fun. I like having the history of knowing the cheese before it was gone. It's part of the, the adventure of Destiny is remembering back like, I remember Loot Cave Bar. You don't even know what a Loot Cave is. <laughs> the rewards that are going to drop when you beat Crota can be the Abyss Defiant, which is an auto-rifle, the Fang of Ur-Ute. Did I say it right? Uh, sure. Yeah, it's a new <laughs> scout rifle, or it's a legend, uh, purple, yeah, legendary scout rifle. The Oversoul Edict, a pulse rifle. The Word of Crota, a hand cannon. And remember, defeating Crota has a chance to drop the Crux of Crota, which is the item that you need to upgrade your Edelon ally all the way up to Necrochasm. So, recap, there's a common weapon called oh, Husk of the Pit that drops from the Sword Bearers on Earth or the Moon. And if you pick that up and level it all the way up, you can take it from a common to a legendary. When it becomes a legendary, it's called Edelon's Ally. And finally, when you beat Crota, there's a chance that Crux of Crota will drop, and that item can take your Edelon Ally to become an exotic Necrochasm, which is an auto-rifle. Wow, that took a lot of work. I think we should point out that Necrochasm does arc damage. Um, yes. Word of Crota, the hand cannon, does void damage. Oversoul Edict, which is the Pulse Rifle, does Arc, and then the Scout Rifle does Arc as well, and then the Auto Rifle does uh, Solar Damage. So I'm really excited because uh, I like how they're doing this. Fatebringer was Arc Damage, Word of Crota, the Hand Cannon, Void Damage, so for Void Burns, I can have my Hand Cannon. And then the um, the Raid Drop for House of Wolves is supposed to be Solar, the Hand Cannon there, so I'm really excited about all those. Nice. So they're giving you a full quiver of good gear to use. Exactly. There's a new shader coming with hard mode called Glow Who. No pictures. And then there's a new ship called Bane of the Dark Gods, and it looks really, really cool. Very, very cool. I am going to skip one of our last links that talks about exclusion zone glimmer farming. Well, actually, no. I'll put the link in the description below and on the show notes. But basically, there's a very fast glimmer farming method as long as you have resupply codes, which is the item that lets you get more glimmer from the cabal, right? Yes. Yeah, I actually did this uh, a lot to get some glimmer for the Iron Banner gear this week. <laughs> Yep, so you go through the exclusion zone mission, right? And then you die at a certain point and rinse and repeat. Yeah, so real quick, uh, when you start up the exclusion zone, the first mobs you find you fight are two waves of Cabal, right? The first wave is yep. all red bars. The second wave has uh, three red bars, and the rest are um, yellow bar Cabal legionaries. So you kill yes. the first wave, and then once the second wave comes, you just kill the yellow bars and let the red bars kill you. And it resets because hmm. it's a darkness zone. So you can just... Um, get a Prince bunch of glimmer yeah and in, in about 20 minutes you get about, get about 10k glimmer awesome very cool well let's hop into today's topic salvaged relic data is now decrypted out of consequence evening guardian earn your honor guardian titan survey data requested by so last time we mentioned it, I've actually mentioned it here multiple times, you and I have talked about it off the show a lot, a trading system. I want to see Destiny have itself an auction house, and I want to see players have the ability to trade with one another. I want to briefly talk about the pros and cons and then leave it as an open-ended topic for our viewers to respond to through either Twitter or email. So, a trading system similar to World of Warcraft in WoW. You can trade any item that you have with any other player, and you can also trade, well, some are 
some items are tied to you personally, but in general, for the sake of this argument, let's just say you can trade your armor and your weapons to just about anybody. There reaches a point where, like, if your gear is super, super sweet, you can't just give it to, like, your buddy Joe and say, <laughs> here you go, have the best thing in the game. You didn't earn it, but there you go. Or I could sell the best thing in the game. No, there are limitations around that. But the auction house is an awesome, thriving place where players can sell their gear. They set their own price on this online marketplace within WoW. And I used it a lot um, just to find certain things that I needed. So if I was a trader and I wanted to work hard to get a certain type of reagent that I needed, I could go to the auction house and pick it up. Vice versa, Destiny has a lot of these same elements, yet we're not allowed to trade and we don't have an auction house. Diddy, if you could speculate, what are some of the benefits you would see from a trading system? And what do you think are some of the negative sides that would maybe say, hey, Bungie, let's not do this? In terms of benefits, uh, I, I really, I really don't know. The only trading system that I've experienced is RuneScape way back in the day, like 2007 RuneScape too. And yeah. um, but like, I don't know. It, it, you would have to be like, because when you have a trading system, the players basically become a tower vendor, right? And yes, they whatever they want to sell has to be on par with the tower vendors. Otherwise, those vendors become obsolete, right? Yes. And so, like, if I want to sell, say I have a necrochasm, right? If I want to mm-hmm. sell that, how much do I put it up for? 15,000 glimmer, you know? A couple legendary items from the Iron Banner are, like, 11,500, you know? So that's a legendary. What am I thinking exotic should be priced at? 15,000 glimmer. If I have two of necrochasms, I've already hit the, the cap with yeah. one and a half sales because, you know, we only have a glimmer cap of 25,000 across all three characters. So um, I I don't know about the benefits, but in terms of the cons, it's definitely going to be we don't have enough glimmer, we don't have a high enough glimmer cap, you know? And then, yeah. like, how do you manage three different characters and how do you manage uh, the economy of things? I don't know. Yeah, the way I see it, if it went into place, they would have to get rid of the Glimmer cap, and they would also need to make Glimmer more effective in purchasing items. Because as of right now, Glimmer to me is useless, except for the one fact that you need it for upgrades. But really, that's not gold. In WoW, gold buys me equipment. And in this game, what buys me equipment? Well, it's strange coins, but it's also commendations. It's the crucible marks. It's the vanguard marks. Marks to me are the closest similarity to something like gold because my marks, I can buy something physical with those things. You know, in the game, I can purchase armor or I can purchase weaponry with those marks. Glimmer is is fairly useless outside of just upgrading what you have already. I don't think it would be coins. I like the fact that coins are um, migrated just to Xur. And the way I see it, I don't think exotics should be able to trade. I think exotics would reach that upper limit, that upper tier of things that, you know, shouldn't be allowed on the marketplace. Because why? We don't buy those with marks. We don't buy those with a standard currency. We get those with coins. I would see this marketplace mainly being legendary items, things that you could trade with other folks. I mean, how many times would you have loved to, like, let's say Vito's leveling up, and I'm like, dude, here's some of my legendary gear, and here's some marks that give you a good start. Now, some of the cons, obviously, is third-party black market kind of 
places emerge where you have websites in WoW that sell gold, just like that Destiny. You would have third-party auction sites where people would spend real money to hopefully get a certain type of gear or something in-game. That, you know, is an inevitable evil of one of these kind of marketplace systems. But at the same time, I could see so much more value emerging in some of these item pieces um, if you had one of these systems. It would require a whole huge amount of tuning, and that's why I don't think it's possible prior to Comet, and it's probably not possible prior to Destiny 2. I just really hope it's something they're looking into, because in WoW, the active economy system is something that's really fun to participate in, and it lets players diversify. Some folks just do profession farming. They just farm ore, or they just farm herbs, and they like to play the market. In Destiny, you've got all this farming for gear that's just for yourself. You reach the end of your expansion, and what do you do? Your hunter is done. So you went through and leveled other characters. But when those complete, or for players who don't want to do other characters, it would give them some motivation, and it would give gear more value. That's just my two cents. I definitely see a huge amount of headaches with it, but I'm curious to hear what our listeners think about this. You guys can let us know through Twitter, at Destiny the Show. And we'll read it here on the show next week. Yeah, I just want to do some final thoughts. I definitely yeah. do see the benefit of, you know, on my Titan, I have a bunch of pulse rifles that I don't need to use. And I don't want to, you know, break them down because they have uh, elemental damage because I got them through Vault of Glass. Um, yeah. You know, I want to eventually be able to use that. But since I'm not using it, I can, you know, I can just get rid of it. You know, I can get the glimmer, I can get the marks or whatever from somebody else. Somebody else is going to have a better use out of yeah. it. Yeah. And um, I remember RuneScape, they actually, um, I was playing, originally they, you could just trade, you know, two million gold to somebody for free, right? I can just yeah. give it to you. But they actually implemented a system to make trading a little bit more fair. Um, the trade value had to be within 3,000 gold. So hmm. saying, like, I want to sell um, my Fatebringer, right? You have to sell me a legendary or equivalent, um, you know, value item or weapon to me um, in exchange, you know, just to make it a little yeah. bit more fair for people. And I just... I don't know how Destiny would be able to do that, but it's I just I totally forgot about the marks, the Vanguard marks and Crucible marks as um as currency, you know, cuz I just I just think glimmer, you know. Yeah, and most folks, let's face it, when you're at level 31 and 32, you don't give a rat's rear end about Vanguard gear or Crucible gear really. You're looking for raid gear. You want to max raid gear out and get to level 32. And the same thing will happen with House of Wolves. You're going to want to get the top end raid gear and do that as well it would require a total overhaul of the economy in the game like it would take a lot of serious thinking and time but i hope they put that time and effort in because loot is so cool like that's a huge part of the game for many folks and to enhance that experience would be enhancing what is a very core um fun part of the game at least for me is getting new equipment leveling new equipment up and trying it out playing my guardian the way i want to play it if that makes sense yeah, and I think we should have the distinction between like a trading system and an auction house. They're two separate things, yeah. right? Yeah. So like just trading yes, between you or I, you know, like I can trade you my fate bringer for your necrochasm, right? You know, just because we yes. want to do different things, right? And then, yes. you know, we have the auction house, which is totally separate. You sell things for currency, you know, that would yes. be two totally different things and two 
things that would require a total overhaul of Destiny currency system. You're definitely right. Yeah, I wouldn't want to see either exist without one another. Like, I really would not want a trading system without the auction house and vice versa. So let's say they just did a trading system, no auction house. Then you really do spawn a lot of third-party websites that are like, hey, this dude Joe here will sell you your fate bringer for $40 US. Just invite me to your Xbox Live party. All right, let me hand that over. You know, like, so many scams and problems will become of that. At least with an auction house, you have this nice more regulated space that says if it goes up here it's gonna go through our system and get mailed to the person who purchased it guaranteed a little bit safer i guess right and i definitely think with the auction house it would um promote the mindless farming that destiny has or bungie has fought so hard to yeah. um put yeah. out you know the loot loot cave right they didn't want people yes. mindlessly shooting into a cave right you know so they yes. pat they patched that and then with um material farming they added things like complete six patrols on they gave you destiny material destination materials for um completing patrol missions and strikes on different um planets so they yeah they've implemented ways around um just mindless farming and i think that's what the auction house would promote and i think oh yeah that would be one um hurdle that bungie would have to overcome if they ever want to implement some type of auction house yeah, it just depends on their stance and philosophy. A lot of MMOs, and I know Destiny's not an MMO, but a lot of MMOs have a ton of mindless farming elements that go with it. So executing something that fits within the brand's philosophy and what they want to see for Destiny would be crucial, and I wouldn't want them to sacrifice what they have now just to implement something because I think it would be cool sitting here in my, you know, desk chair. <laughs> not in my developer chair. It came from Twitter! Welcome to the part of the show where we read your tweets. First up is at Jigs23, who says, Finally got a Vex Mythoclast doing Atheon on hard mode. Congratulations, sir. I'm quite jelly. Diddy, you don't have a Vex yet, do you? <laughs> I don't. I haven't done Vault of Glass on hard too many times, too. You yeah. know, yeah, it's sad. Oh, well, congrats. Still, yeah, nice. At M. Webster, 1991. Thanks for the shout-out, guys. When my team and I Vault of Glass on hard... We will be streaming. I'll tweet you guys the link if you want to watch. Please do that. We always like watching Destiny. At Matthew Hilla writes, Just put in a 16-hour day on Destiny. Home alone. Hashtag on break. Dude, get some sleep. That's a serious day. I hope you got some good, like, rewards. Jeez. I do that every day. <laughs> every day, bro. <laughs> then I had to go to school. <laughs> At Catstash sends us a tweet saying, playing some CSGO deathmatch while listening to Destiny the Show. Smiley face. Good luck. Have fun on CSGO. You could be playing Crucible, you know. <laughs> All right. At Dingo the Wild, a mention means the world to me, guys. Where do I sign up for the clan? Long live DTS. Hashtag DTS Guardians for life. Diddy, where can he sign up for our clan? Well, the link to our Bungie clan is actually in the show notes on our website, destinytheshow.com. So go ahead and check out over there. Yep. And you did you send out this picture, Diddy, this week of that really cool Sunsinger poster? I did. I forget who did it on Reddit. I mean, I did tweet out the source, um, and I wish I had it in front of me. I, if you have the internet, the link, obviously you have the internet. <laughs> if you have the link. I've got the... <laughs> <laughs> it's not coming up right now, but I'll put it... If I put it in the show notes, I guarantee it'll have the, like, 
link with it. There were definitely so. a bunch of requests for the other classes as well. So hopefully um, this artist will um, do uh, one for every subclass because it's just it's just super awesome. I wish I could do artwork so bad. I've been looking on Deviant, like at fan art of Dark Souls, fan art of Destiny. There's a guy who does, I think it's a Japanese guy maybe, uh, or at least that's the way all of his pages laid out. Just amazing little fan art and doodles of the characters. And I'd love to commission something for DTS if we could have like little avatars or something cool, some sort of cool branding for us with our non-existent money. <laughs> <laughs> At Master1997 writes, my thoughts on boss mechanics. We talked about this in last week's show, and he writes, I think Sepex Prime should still spawn adds, those are additional enemies, but when he does, he goes into that shield mode he was in when you enter the room. The adds should have elemental shields between the red, blue, purple, and whatever others exist. These shields should be decided between using RNG. I think this would make the fight more interesting. So he's basically saying the adds should have the element that the Dust Palace strike does, where you have to actually do the elemental damage of the shield type to and you know to beat them. Is that right? Yeah. So when you walk into the room first time Sepix is in that stasis mode and like the the fallen are kind of like worshiping him you know yeah. um, they're basically yeah. giving him energy right mm, yeah and so i think that actually actually be pretty cool where he goes into that stasis mode halfway through the fight and then like a bunch of fallen have that elemental shield um you know i think that would be pretty cool and like if he was drawing from their energy he could like restore a little po- portion of his health which would give you motivation to kill the ads a little bit faster I don't know about the elemental shields. Maybe um, about uh, 20% of the enemies that spawn have an elemental shield, and then like the others that don't are in that sort of stasis mode as well. They're kind of frozen. You have to kill him um, to prevent the healing. So I think that would actually be pretty cool. Yes, I have another idea. Did you ever play Crash Bandicoot as a kid? No, I didn't. Okay, so it's an old-school platformer. You've seen Indiana Jones, right? That scene where the big boulder is chasing Indy? Of, Of course. Okay, so take Sepix Prime. Oh, no. Midway through the fight, you have to run through this tight hallway, and Sepix <laughs> Prime is rolling behind you, and there's like little barriers that you have to jump over. And whoever doesn't make it, they're gone, man. You're gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, House of Wolves raid idea, the arena, a rolling servitor. Oh, yes, <laughs> it just lands, it's like <laughs> real fast. If it touches you, it's like insta kill. <laughs> oh man. That's <laughs> appear Jason writes. I have an irrational fear, coupled with anticipation, sprinkled with excitement. That world and fang, though, and this was from you tweeting out earlier this week, that the Crotus End hard mode is launching January 21st. What new mechanics do you think Bungie will be adding less respawns to King Health? Hashtag hype. G'day, Guardians, and welcome back to another segment of Sassy's Super Good Advice. Before we get nose deep in today's topic, I must apologise for not being with you last week, as I ran into some unexpected mic errors, and I wasn't able to fix it in time for the actual show to come out. Hopefully, that should all be fixed by now, and I'm here to give you the best advice that I can offer. This week has been very busy in the world of Destiny, with Iron Banner and Crota's End now resembling a patchwork quilt to the amount of fixes it's been in the recent update. It must be said that this has been a rather exciting week in the world of Destiny, and I hope you've enjoyed it. Now, let's get stuck in today's topic, exotic weapon bounties. 
Exotic weapon bounties are special vanguard mental misses given to any guardian who has completed around 50 or so daily bounties. These bounties include vanguard, crucible, and eris morn. Iron banner and queens and missionary bounties do not count towards this mark. Once your 50 or so bounties are completed, you'll be given a selection of three bounties to choose from. Now, at this current point in time, there are only five weapon bounties in total. Toland's Legacy, Unlight in the Dark, Shattered Memory Fragment, A Dubious Task, and lastly, A Voice in the Wilderness. These bounties will always produce the same weapon upon completion. Toland's Legacy awards the player with Bad Juju, Unlight in the Dark awards Thorn, Shattered Memory Fragment awards Pocket Infinity, A Dubious Task rewards Invective, and A Voice in the Wilderness awards the Machine Gun Super Good Advice. Keep in mind that completing these bounties are the only way to obtain these weapons, as they aren't dropped or sold by Xur. If you want these, you have to earn them. But with bounty leads and the right weapon for you, well, sit back and get ready for some information dumping, because this is exactly what we're going to be talking about right now. Bad Juju is one of the two exotic tier pulse rifles, the other being Red Death. With Bad Juju's unique upgrade string of curses, each kill with this weapon refreshes the magazine, grants a brief damage boost, and decreases the cooldown of your super ability by 7.5 seconds. So as you can probably guess, this is a very, very nice gun in both PvP and PvP, but is more centered towards the PvE, as mowing down lower ranked enemies will proc the string of cursors upgrade over and over again, which literally allows you to never need to reload your rifle as long as you've got something to shoot. Now, to obtain sorry, this beast of the Pulse Rifle, you must accept the Toland's Legacy Exotic Bounty and complete the following in order. Complete a weekly Heroic or Nightfall Strike to obtain Toland's Journal, bring the Journal to our core array in the tower, then complete 25 strikes, Nightfalls counters 3 strikes and Heroic Weeklies counters 2, then bring the Journal back to our core array, then go to the Gunsmith in the tower to obtain a Black Market Coupon, then you'll have to wait until Jura is in the tower to buy a Darkness Infused weapon frame for one strange coin. Then it's go back to the gunsmith to obtain a darkness infused pulse rifle. Once you have that you'll have to rack up 10,000 points within the crucible. A titan or hunter kill or assist will count as 25 points and warlocks count as, 20, as 75. Sorry. Once that's completed return to the gunsmith to finally tame bat juju. Now, as you can probably guess, this bounty has a lot of PvP elements to it, so if you're more of a PvP kind of guardian, this may not be the bounty for you to choose. Also, keep in mind this is one of the bounties that requires Jur to be in the tower, so if you want this bounty done quickly, grinding it out over a weekend is probably most recommended. Having said that, this pulse rifle is extremely good in both PvE and PvP, and is definitely a nice option if you enjoy the ratatat of a pulse rifle that never runs out so long as you're using it to mow down the darkness before you. The second exotic bounty I'll be talking about today is the infamous hand cannon, Thorn. Now, this hand cannon is infamous for a reason. Its unique ability causes the rounds fired by Thorn to overpenetrate targets as well as poisoning them, causing additional damage over a brief amount of time. In PvP, this weapon is infamous the ability to three-shot and let the damage tick kill your opponent has caused many Guardian's grief. In PvE, this Thorn is also a monster, but it doesn't really live up to the hype as it does in PvP. Now, to attain Thorn, you must select the exotic bounty Alight the Dark and complete the following. Complete the Summoning Pit Strike on the Moon, then accrue 500 points by killing Hive enemies. Base enemies are awarded 1 point, Mages give 20, and Ultras give 50. Once that is completed, you'll have to hand over into the Crucible and again accrue 500 points by killing Guardians, this time using Void Weaponry. Keep in mind this sucks to be a hunter for this part. 
5 points are awarded every time you kill an enemy guardian with void damage, but be warned you lose 2 points on each death. Now once that is complete, you must go to the speaker in the tower to obtain an infusion of light for the cost of a single mote of light, and then head back to Ikora Ray again, who tells you to need to kill a hive woman known as Zeo, the Unwed. Now Zeo is found in the special version of the summoning pit strike on the moon that only appears on the map when this part of this bounty is now available. Matchmaking for this strike is not available, so I recommend taking in a buddy or two. Now Zeo will appear in the Phogoth's boss area, and all you have to do is simply damage Phogoth until additional waves of hives spawn. Then you can simply keep killing the hives until Zeo shows her face, and then all you have to do is take it down and Thorn is yours. Now this bounty is hell for hunters, as no hunters have an ability that does void damage, so you'll be having to use void weaponry. But if you're decent at PvP, and either have some void weapons or ability, then this may bounty may be right up your alley. Thorn is a monster in PvP, and if you think you're up to it, look no further than this bounty. Shattered Memory Fragment is the third exotic bounty, and ultimately awards the Guardian with the Pocket Infinity Fusion Rifle. Now, for those who remember my top 10 exotic weapons, will remember that this weapon is a fully automatic fusion rifle. Pretty crazy, right? Now, this Pocket Infinity, like Thorn, fits right at home in PvP as a brilliant close to mid-range weapon, and its ability to fire in full auto is unmatched in every way, shape, and form. For those fusion rifle lovers, you simply cannot give this weapon a miss. Now, to obtain this amazing weapon, all you have to do is find a damaged ghost on Venus's shattered coast, then simply kill the Vex Gate Lord from the mission Eye of the Gate Lord to restore the ghost. Then head back to the tower and ghost talk to the speaker to obtain some schematics. Then you'll have to head over to the gunsmith who'll ask you to dismantle 10 rare or higher quality fusion rifles before he gives you an unstable prototype. And then you'll, all you have to do is go to a Nightfall Strike and kill 200 enemies within it before you obtain a stable version and the Pocket Infinity is yours. Now in contrast with the last two bounties, this bounty is relatively easy except for the Rare Fusion Rifle step. Now the gunsmith sells rare fusion rifles every couple of days or so, but only for a very short amount of time, so if you want, definitely want to speed up the process of obtaining this weapon, definitely keep an eye on the gunsmith at those times. Now, the last step requires you to kill enemies with a fusion rifle while you're in the darkness zone with another nightfall strike. But all you have to do is kill a few enemies, let yourself die, then repeat the strike and rinse and repeat that until the pocket infinity is yours. A relatively easy way to attain one of the most powerful weapons in the game. If fusion rifles are your thing, then completing this bounty should be a breeze. Now, the second to last bounty, a dubious task, awards the Guardian with a shotgun infective. Now, this shotgun is fully automatic and has a unique passive that allows the weapon to regenerate ammunition over time, but unlike Icebreaker, you can still pick up special weapons packs off the ground to speed things up a bit. Unfortunately, this weapon is easily outclassed by other automatic shotguns like the Found Verdict, but for a starting exotic, this weapon still packs a punch in PvE, and in PvP, having a fully automatic shotgun is, well, exactly what you imagine it probably, absolute carnage. The thing with the effective has over other shotguns is an extremely high rate of fire, so if you don't underestimate the beauty and lethality of this fine shotgun. Now, to obtain this gorgeous shotgun, all you have to do is like, talk to Ikora Ray, then complete five strikes without dying. That's complete a strike without dying 
five times. They do not have to be consecutive. Then head back over to, again, to our core array, and she'll ask you to get a KD spread of 25 in the Crucible. To obtain this, you have to get kills and assists count as one point each, while deaths take off a single point. So you only have to get 25 kills and assists more than deaths. It's pretty easy, and it can do it over multiple games in the Crucible, which is very handy. Then head back, once again, to our core array, and she'll ask to, to you to complete either a weekly heroic or nightfall strike. Then head back again to Ikora to in obtain an uncharged variant of the effective shotgun. Then it's off to the gunsmith to buy an invective component for only 50 special ammo syntheses. This will only cost you 12,500 glimmer if you buy it from Strat. Then finally, return again to Ikora Ray to obtain the infective shotgun. This bounty is heavily orientated towards PvE, but the gun only really shines in PvP. So if you're looking for a solid, fully automatic shotgun, here then the bounty is to go for. But in my honest opinion, it's one of the most difficult, and the shotgun is quite easily outclassed, so unless you really want this weapon, I'd give it a pass. Which is unfortunate, because the gun looks freaking cool. The final exotic bounty is, you guessed it, a voice in the wilderness. This bounty awards the guardian with the machine gun super good advice, and while the weapon isn't really that good, except for mowing down oracles and oversults, this is by far the fastest bounty to complete, and can be done in about 30 minutes if you grind it out in a day where Jero's in the tower. To obtain the super good advice, all you have to do is search the loot caches or march to find the weapon frame, then bring that weapon frame to the gunsmith, then it's off to Jero to buy an ammunition module for one strange coin that only you have to do then is kill 500 enemies with the machine gun. Headshots and sprees award an extra point, but killing enemies with a rocket launcher deducts 5 points. Return the, the gun to the gunsmith, and that's it. Super good advice is yours. This bounty is really, really short, and if you just want a free exotic shard, look no further than here. It takes no time at all and is really, really easy to complete. For those endgame gurus who already have everything they need to defeat the darkness, I still recommend them this bounty as you never know where an extra exotic shard may come in handy. And that's it. That's all what the fuss is about by exotic bounties. If you have any questions or queries, please feel free to contact me on Twitter with the handle at I'm Sassy. That's at I-M-S-A-S-S-S-I. And I shall see you all next week, Guardians, for another dose of Sassy's super good advice. Best of luck to those raiders who look to complete the Crota's end raid on hard when it comes out later this week. Let your aim stay true and let the hive fall before your feet. Take care, Guardians. Welcome to the Tower Talk. This is the portion of the show where we respond to your emails or read them here on the show. You can always email us destiny the show at gmail.com we're very slow about checking it and even slower about replying um, but we do our best so our first email comes at us from jacob and he says his goals for 2015 in destiny are i would love to have or excuse me i would love to reach level 32 that would also mean that i have to find a group so i can raid with these are my goals so he wants to hit level 32 you're probably going to want to hit higher than level 32 in 2015 dude i bet that light level is going to get closer to like 40 by the time we're done with this year wouldn't you say i would say at least 36 um, with the uh, comet dlc because so, you know they're just adding two levels with each dlc we have the house of wolves raising it to 34 uh, i don't know if that's confirmed or not but i'm just probably just shooting out ideas i would but say you're probably right i would, I would say at least too. 36 so yeah yeah well okay let's say 34 house of wolves 36 comet well i forgot to mention yeah, you're right I, th yeah. I don't remember if it was this week or last week. I actually reached 32 on my Hunter. 
Oh my gosh. Congratulations. Yeah, so I'm there. Did we talk about it? I don't know. I can't remember if we did or not. But that happened. Next email. Cool. Nice. It's from Tank. Hi, guys. Love the show. Great job. I was listening to another Destiny podcast that folded after 12 episodes. He was a hater. Glad you two are as addicted to the grind as I am. On to my point, I see Guardians on Destiny subreddit complaining about not having enough of the class-specific armor upgrade materials. I'm not sure if it is a widespread or Wow, that was weird. I am not sure if it's widespread knowledge, but if you swap blues and greens into your equipped armor slots before turning in bounties, you can max their XP bar before breaking them down. As long as all upgrade circles are full green, breaking the armor down will net three to five times the class-specific materials. Those don't sound like... That's that's actually really good advice. So like, yeah, it is. Yeah, because oh man, that's brilliant. You are a genius. Uh, and leveling up my Titan, I don't have enough of that armor upgrade material, right? And so I've been grinding strikes. I've been grinding the exclusion zone just so I can break down the armor that I get from it. And that's brilliant. I never thought about actually upgrading the armor. You know, turning in bounties. If you turn in like to upgrade a blue, it doesn't take that much experience. Like if you turn in one bounty, you'll pretty much max that blue piece of armor, right? So if you just Mm -hmm. do that and then break it down, you just get so much more. That's brilliant. You're a genius. Thank you so much. Yes. He closes with, this works for weapons as well, and you don't have to spend any glimmer or materials to improve the gains. Just stuff the armor full of XP. XP is largely useless in endgame, especially if you have a set of fully upgraded armor. The XP is wasted when you turn in bounties if all the equipped armor is gold boxed. If this gets on the podcast credit, Tank of D-Wrath. That is my Xbox One gamer tag. Take care and see you in the Cosmodrome tank. Dude, thank you, Tank, for an awesome email. I appreciate that. That is interesting. I kind of like paused there at the end because I like had this moment of, is that right? And then it's like, <laughs> it's like really smart. Genius. Next email comes from just an average Joe from Vegas. Hey guys, just started listening and you guys are great. Very entertaining and informative. I started playing Destiny in November and done a lot, and still learned a ton from you guys. Keep up the great work. Stay true. We will try to. Thank you for the nice email. We always like that. And then he sent us a picture. Didn't know if this helmet existed. No, he didn't know this helmet existed. Death Singer's Gaze. This is a level 31 warlock that he has. Um, you've seen this helmet before, Diddy. Death it's, Singer's Gaze. It's the raid helmet for warlocks, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. It really it looks nice. It's with a red shader in the picture that he sent in. Quite sexy. Love so. the color red. So nice. That's all the emails that we had today. Sorry for all my stumbling. It's very hard to sometimes read sentences that were formatted for email and Twitter and not really for reading out loud. If any of you have been in the same situation, I'm sure you will know what I'm talking about. Diddy, where can people find you and your content? Twitter.com slash... What I always forget. <laughs> Diddy DTS, isn't Diddy it? Diddy DTS, D-I-T-T-Y-D-T-S. Uh, and then YouTube is youtube.com slash wooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S. Nice. Excellent. Go to destinytheshow.com for all the links from today's show and some more. Follow us on Twitter at destinytheshow. You can also join our clan there, which is cool. And you can follow us on twitch.tv slash destiny the show you can follow me at bbk dragoon i hope you guys have a very good week good luck with crota's and hard mode and we will see you next time 